More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random. The Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. I do when I run around with my kids in the backyard. Now, Buck, I've never torn my ACL or my Achilles tendon or anything like that. But now that I'm over 40, I definitely think, got to be careful on the jumping. Like, I don't want to severely injure myself. A lot. I got my hammies, my hamstrings, man, they're like a violin string. I got to make sure to loosen those guys up because, you know, we're at the age now, too. It used to be you get injured and you're like, I'll be, you know, you could play through it. And then you just, a week or two, you'd be fine. You pull a muscle now, it's like a six to eight week ordeal. No doubt. And speaking of ordeal, I don't know why roundabouts exist anywhere in the country. We've taken them from Europe and we brought them here, but I've been mentioning that I've got got my 15-year-old and I take him out and I'm training him, teaching him how to drive right now. This past weekend, Buck, we hit a roundabout. Uh, in downtown Franklin, the main little town square there. I don't know what I was thinking, the, the, taking him on that road. He's ridden around the roundabout with me driving before. The panic on his face, Buck, when we got to the roundabout and trying to explain to him how to deal with what inevitably ended up being a completely packed roundabout, it made me forget about how insanely difficult it is to hit a roundabout if you've never been in one before. And there aren't that many. Uh, There's that great scene in Vacation, I think it's European Vacation, where Chevy Chase gets caught and he's like, hey, look, kids, Big Ben. And and as you're driving around, you think to yourself, this is going to be a disaster. Washington Square in D.C., I used to live right off of it. Washington Circle right there. Many people will know what I'm talking about right up uh, in between the George Washington area and uh, and DuPont Circle. Uh, nobody knows how to drive on a roundabout. And trying to teach a kid how to drive on a roundabout is a disaster too. I think I think I've heard this, and this may just be this may just be socialist propaganda. Yes. But I've heard that roundabouts have lower traffic issues than I, stop signs. I don't believe it. 
I don't I, believe I it don't. either because I'm terrified. When I was driving in Scotland on the wrong side of the freaking road yes. and going these roundabouts where people were ripping through them and they were like four lanes deep in the roundabout, I saw my life flashing before my eyes. You've got pedestrians. You've got like four or five different exits. I think they look kind of cool, right? I can see why from an, uh design purposes, you can be like, oh, this roundabout in the neighborhood, it's fantastic. Nobody has any idea how to drive on them. Uh, and if there's anything more than one lane, it's a recipe for disaster. I really legitimately thought there's no way we're ever getting off this roundabout without this car being totaled. We made it, but this is now the scariest thing that I've done. And the driving training process is get on a roundabout with a kid trying to learn. Can't even hardly explain with him. Sundays with Clay and Buck. told me that i had no idea you sat down you said i'm fired up about cranberry sauce right now oh yeah big time interesting article in the wall street journal on cranberries first of all cranberry sauce very polarizing i love it's 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 a once a year thing why is that like why turkey and cranberry sauce for most people like a whole roast turkey people say oh sliced turkey yeah okay but in general and clay is a cold cuts guy so he's probably a fan of turkey and cheese but correct nonetheless in general you only do the big turkey once a year, and uh, you do the cranberry sauce once a year. You don't see a cranberry sauce is a very seasonal item. It's like pumpkin spice lattes. And what, what this article in the Wall Street Journal talked about is that ocean spray, which you may know as the thing that makes like cranberry juice that you drink as well, as well as cranberry sauce, is a farmer collective from the uh, northeast of the United States that's responsible for like a, ma- a vast majority of the cranberries out there. And uh, this has just been sort of a, a, a campaign for a long time to expand cranberry into a year-long fruit and not just a once-a-year thing. At, at, yeah. uh, and, and I'm wondering how you feel about that. I mean, does, does, should cranberry, like why don't people put cranberry in their, cranberries in their smoothies? And why aren't people just throwing cranberry sauce on their, you know, I don't know, on their lamb chops or something. I am all in on Big Cranberry. I I got made fun of this. I like all of it. I I eat craisins all the time. Um, I order cranberry juice regularly. I might have the best urinary tract on the planet as a result because I think that's supposed to be a strong urinary health tract, my understanding, because I'm buying into the Big Cranberry propaganda. may not even be true. I would eat cranberries. I, I would eat them, you know, Every week. I, I'm totally fine with it. I don't know why. This is just uh, something that... And I like the canned cranberries. Like the jelly cranberry. I, that may not be very healthy for you. I don't know. But I love that too. I'm all in on cranberries. So... If we need a, if we need an endorsement, Buck, I will be I will be the cranberry emissary to America. I do. I think it should expand out, you know? I, I think that there's more use for cranberry. I like the tart sweetness of it too. You know, I, I think it's a more complex flavor. So I, I people all, are going to think that you and I just got paid so much money by cranberries to uh, to, to come here full throated endorsement of everyone listening to this. I bet 90, 95 percent are going to have cranberry sauce on the Thanksgiving. It's table. true. It's like a requirement. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. And why does it is a great question. Why there are occasional foods. I mean, peeps, for instance, for Easter, right? The little uh, the little peep things show I'm not up. Sure that's really a food, but yeah, sure. Well, yeah, but but they <laughs> don't exist year round. Uh, the, the, what's the, yeah. the the corn, the candy corn, or whatever? It doesn't exist. I thought you were going to go Cadbury eggs. Why don't we oh, have that's Cadbury good eggs year round? That's They're not question. exactly a health food, but 
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. Apparently, we just got a phone call in, Clay, from a very nice woman who used to cut my hair when I was in grade school. So we got an audience that listens, you know, Stretching way back when to coast to coast, all over the country, all over the U.S., uh, including back in my hometown of New York City. Uh, yeah, her name was her name is Kim. Kim, the hairdresser. Thank you for calling in. I hope I always behaved well seated in the in the chair. Um, and uh, have you ever gotten a truly? I will tell you. I I got when I moved to Miami because I was like, I'm just going to go to like one of the local places here. 
I don't know if you could really tell. I don't even know if people at home could really tell, but it was one of the it was the worst haircut I've ever gotten in my life, and it was because they there's a very common thing here. I think it's called the, the I don't know if it's a fade or they like shave around your head and then sort of fade it in to the rest of your hair. And I I basically like the back of my head six months ago was effective. People couldn't see it when I went on TV or whatever, but it was shaved like it was almost. All the way, all the way down. It was a very Miami haircut. So you you do got to be careful. You don't know what you're getting into sometimes. My wife is still fired up about the haircut I got for the, wedding? the day before our wedding. <laughs> you had you she, had some pretty funky haircuts back in I college. Had, I had some wacky haircuts over the years, but you, my there wife was a time. Was, did you have this too? Where like 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 circa 1998, where people started doing like long hair, like guys did long yeah, hairs, yeah. but center part and behind, and they'd put their hair behind. Oh yeah, their yeah, ears. I did a lot of the ear tuck, uh, long hair, yeah, ear, yeah, tuck. ear tuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my wife said, first of all, she was like, "Don't get your hair cut because I, I go to, and I'm probably going to lose some more sponsors here somewhere. I I go a lot to like great clips, and uh, you know, like the I pay like twenty dollars for a haircut. I I don't go to like fancy haircut places typically. I'll just go into you know mall place, master cuts, whatever these places are called. And the day before my wedding, I went and my wife, if if she were here right now and grabbed the mic, would describe it as the worst haircut that any groom has ever gotten in the history of a wedding, probably. And it was a real bowl cut. Like the bowl cut that little boys get, you know, like yeah. uh, when you're, I think we like posted this on the website, right? Didn't we I, actually, didn't we find well, this my, photo? My, and- my senior year class photo is uh, is an exercise in, uh, in, in wackiness. The boys, my three boys and my wife at one point all had as their backdrop, you know, the picture on yeah. their, on their iPads or their screens, my senior year class photo. But this, uh, this photo, the haircut that I got was awful. Her mom went with me. Um, and when we got back, she was like, just how did you let this happen? Like, what were you thinking that you allowed this haircut to occur? So all the, all the wedding photos she considers to be ruined because of my bowl cut. That was, how is, uh, how is training your oldest son to drive going? I have to tell you, uh, it is, uh, it is maybe the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life as parent. Why don't you just hire a driving instructor? First of all, I don't know how I, I don't know how that works. I think we do have a driving instructor, but he has to have two hundred miles of instruction before the driving instructor will take him. Oh. Um, so we're in the process of working our way towards two hundred miles, and the roundabout is terrifying. Also, the number of people that will be unhappy because we're not driving very fast, you know, and they like drive by and you see them like looking back at you and sort of you've got to get like fashion. a placard you can put in your rear window that says, uh, you know, help. student driver, you know? Yeah, it would help because I'll look down. He's like, man, dad, we're going really fast. I'm like, we're going 18. All right. We're going 18 miles an hour, buddy. You, you can step it up a little bit. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it is the most nerve wracking thing I have done as a parent, and I'm not even sure what the maybe maybe the actual birth, watching the actual birth, is second most nerve wracking. But the uh, from a parenting perspective, this is terrifying. I mean, I can tell you, puppy training is coming along. It's really rough. The puppy wakes Carrie up every morning at six o'clock in the morning to go play and take it outside and stuff. Um, I probably should take over some of that duty myself, but so far Carrie's been handling it. Not a surprise to anybody. She's much more on it than I am. But the problem with trying to train the puppy is that they're very cute and mischievous and they want to do things that you don't want them to do. But then they just look at you with the puppy eyes, Clay. And then what oh, do you it do? Works. 
Sunday Sizzle with Clay and Buck. We have Aaron, who sounds like a brilliant audiophile. Aaron, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. You know, um, I live in San Diego. I got tickets to Metallica. I'm a diehard fan up at SoCal in L.A. Drove through the horrendous L.A. traffic, got to the stadium, got my $15 beer, and I couldn't hear a freaking note they were playing. You know, it was just loud, gargled sounds. I couldn't even make out the, the music. I, I hate stadiums. I agree with Buck. You're a brilliant man, Aaron, because, see, you've experienced the reality. That's what I always tell people. Stadiums are not built for outdoor stadiums. It's not built for acoustics. There's no, there's no way you're going to be able to really, if, if you're somebody that wants to hear the crispness of those notes, you want to hear those vocals. Clay's, Clay, just he's just I'm there just for, the for the pageantry. I just want the big show, the big screen. I would still like to go see the Taylor Swift extravaganza. Like back in the day, U2, Rolling Stones, the big stadium shows, I think are really cool just to see the way they put them on. So I, I don't really like thing, the actual thing, sound. Eh, I don't do really you want to go to this thing in Vegas, the uh, the Sphere? This, it I do 100% very cool want to go me. to the Sphere. The, for those of you who don't know, the uh, owner of the Knicks, James Dolan, and Madison Square Garden built this incredible concert. I mean, really, it's just a venue that is called the Sphere right off of the Vegas Strip. And I believe they had U2 open up for like 19 straight days or something like that. And they want to do a UFC event. Uh, I saw Dana White talking about this. Obviously, the UFC has major connections in Las Vegas. It looks incredible. And yes, I want to go see an event there. I'm figuring they'll probably have something huge for the Super Bowl this year because the Super Bowl is in Vegas. So I'm hoping I'm out for for some of the festivities surrounding that. When is the Super Bowl? <laughs> do you know what month the Super Bowl is in? It's January or February. Okay, that's that's pretty, yeah. You, it's in February, I believe. I haven't even looked up the official date, but usually February 11th, our staff tells us this year. My argument has been for some time that they should move the Super Bowl to the Sunday before President's Day and give us basically a football holiday weekend every year. To me, feels like a no-brainer. Uh, that would be an easy calendar change. You add one week to football season, which I don't think most people would complain about. And then, boom, everybody gets off Monday. And it revitalizes President's Day, which I feel like, other than mattress sales, most people really kind of don't think very much about President's Day. Uh, are my uh, are my beloved Jets or my beloved Giants in the running for this uh, Super Bowl? It is an awful year for New York football fans. No, they oh. are not in the running. That is a shame. Maybe yeah, I they're both a, actually atrocious. Should I be a Dolphins fan then? Dolphins are, yeah, you should. It's actually, you're kind of coming in in a very favorable time because the Dolphins have been trying to replace Dan Marino for 25 years now, whatever the math is on that, maybe 30 years now. And Tua is really very good. They're going to win the division, I think. Sorry, uh, Bills fans. And uh, and host a home playoff game. So that, that's not been very common. You could be kind of fair weather fanning, fanning yourself into a really good spot. So yes, I would be a Dolphins fan if I were you. Everything I know from about Dolphins football, I learned from watching Ace Ventura. So you know, oh, well, that's a great. They couldn't couldn't make that movie now. But no. There's a lot of things in Ace Ventura that would be very Dan, unacceptable. Dan Marino makes it and makes a appearance in that. Yeah, movie. and Don Shula. That's why I know he I mean, was the, the quarterback. 
Yeah, Don Shula, I mean, that's NFL license. They were fine with that movie being made. They would run in the opposite direction now. By the way, the movie's funny. I showed it for my kids a couple of Thanksgiving ago. Uh, holds up for them. They thought it was pretty funny. What do you think is the well movie done. that what what is the movie from our youth? Now I'm giving up the the joke here because Clay and I are basically the same age. Don't tell anyone. Um, what is the movie from our youth that your kids love the most? Well, it changes based on how they age. Uh, because but like early right now, on, like like right now, like in the last year or two, what's the one that they have liked them? Is there one that really sticks out? They, well, the last the most two most recent we watched, they loved both of them: The Lost Boys and Scream. And they really want to watch the entire Scream. That was around Halloween. We were watching all those movies. Um, and before that, it was I would probably say Indiana Jones. But they also love Star Wars, like the original Star Wars. But uh, the Indiana Jones movies, they thought, were uh, were pretty phenomenal. Dan in Minnesota. What's going on, Dan? Hello. With the uh, votes coming in as early as they do now, no matter how... Uh, energize the Republican base or uh, how good the polls look, I'm ready to be disappointed because as the election nears, the the Democrats' ground game will will disappoint us election after election. And I think we have every right to know, as long as we're going to be voting this early, what what the score is as the votes come in. That way, we we won't be surprised and and we won't have such a traffic jam. The, uh, thank you for the call. The night. amount of de- thank you. The amount of defeatism is. I mean, I'm trying to think of the fan base that the Republican Party would represent right now. The Republican Party is uh, is is like the New York Jets. There is almost no faith that anything could ever go possibly right. I would have said historically, Buck, the Detroit Lions, although here's a good sports analogy for you to drop out at Thanksgiving because the Lions will be playing on Thanksgiving. And everybody out there who's listening right now, if you are not a sports fan at all, but you want to blow your family away on Thanksgiving by just dropping an incredible sports stat, here's one for you, Buck. The Detroit Lions are 8-2. and two. Detroit Lions play every Thanksgiving. They are 8-2. and two. They usually play the early game. So you got all your family and friends around. You can say, Detroit Lions are 8-2. and two. They haven't been 8-2, and two, Buck, since 1962. JFK was alive the last time the Detroit Lions started off a season 8-2. and two. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear. 
and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.